Oh great, another Snideful production. Do you know how to make Google Docs? Is there a way to make it dark? For Google Docs? Yeah. I actually just use uh, like a some kind of dark mode add-on for the browser and forcibly apply it to well, uh, that's Google the thing. Docs. I, re I recently, I only, I literally last week learned how to make Windows make everything dark. And so far it has made everything dark except this well windows doesn't always apply to browsers that's why i use a browser add-on mine is the dark reader dark reader for chrome yeah and yeah i never leave home without it it's just so bright right now yeah i can't handle anything that doesn't give me a dark background i've been spoiled i recently well i have i don't know about you i have astigmatism and I've, i i, I do recently. also <laughs> I read recently that light text on dark background is actually worse for astigmatism. Is that right? I'm I've I was punished throughout my entire youth then. There was no dark mode in the nineties. There's no light mode for a chalkboard. Yeah, I didn't even get lucked out with a chalkboard. We had a whiteboard with markers. In grade school? Yeah. You went to a fancy <laughs> a fancy new future school. <laughs> 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 yeah, we use markers and everything. I had chalkboards all the way up to grade. You know, I I feel like I was kind of on that cusp because I stopped. Um, we started homeschooling when I was in grade seven, and I think that's kind of like around two thousand two ish is when they were like, you know what, let's modernize these schools. <laughs> let's put whiteboards in them. I distinctly remember having one math class that kept the chalkboard all the way until I was eighteen. Wow. I just remember. Uh, did you have wow the the things? I'm just I'm having I'm having 90s recollections. Flashbacks. Do you remember those wooden blocks with with uh with like it, it was for making lines on the chalkboard? So they would have like a, a block with like yes. six chalks attached to it. <laughs> so, so, like, Your so holster. Yeah. <laughs> Got a in case you need to you know chain chalk. That's how you that's how you put a grid on it. Yeah. But I like to think of it as like refills for an absolute lunatic who scribbles relentlessly until the chalk smokes and then he throws it away and then grabs a fresh one. Oh, it's like how uh... I'm going to teach you kids some shit. <laughs> guitar players have things where they can attach like six or seven picks to the neck of their guitar so that if they lose one, they can just grab another one. So this is yeah. they just have they just have chalk like <laughs> just like strat yeah. it's like a fucking bandolier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bandolier full of chalk. I can this see This is that. Milo that we're describing or one of, maybe it's Aristotle, I don't know. Oh, no, I like it for Milo. He's got like a collapsible chalkboard in a backpack. Yeah. And and, and, like a, and a bandolier full of chalk. He's a <laughs> he's an, a super Militant nerd scholar. but also old fashioned. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. scolger. Ooh, it's almost so. Funny. So so a, a scholarly soldier. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit. Trying to. I'm trying to blend scholar and warrior now. 
It's going to be old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, it, it did not work in my head, and it doesn't work in. Uh, nope the the words sound too similar, so it's just too I many of the. Are. <laughs> yeah, it's got too much of the same syllable or syllable too too much of the same uh, vowel nonsense going on, so I can't merge them together. I'll I'll have to meditate on that. Scorier, scorier. Um, come out and play. What the hell are we doing? We're, are, is this conversation about yeah. this episode? This this is not necessarily oh, about this episode, but we were talking about Milo, so we're technically on topic, sort of a bit. Kinda. We've done a piss poor job of integrating either of our uh, alphabetic or chronological orders into the past. All of the reset stuff. <laughs> they yeah, they've uh, any of the reset stuff. No, they've they've they must have been keeping their head way down. But I, I think if they're going to be merged into the alphanumeric order, then their overall objective with the outside is going to be peaceful coexistence. So they don't have a, a reason to come out till we give them one. Okay. Because if yeah, one side one side wanted to use the outside to basically rewrite all of history and reality, and then the other one wanted to completely get rid of the outside and cut it off completely, so I think the the harmonious spot is peaceful coexistence. But it's all going to come yeah. to a head because the supernatural aid and the WAP are still on the back burner until the end of this season. Yeah, they are slated to come back. So and and they're they're. In the custody of Basil Bub, who is today's star. How did, did last? <laughs> I do this every time. How did last episode end? Good question. Um... Right, last episode ended with the the very end of the court case, and the the it, it, the focus was on Alan Stench and Jordy Puppetson and and their relationship. Oh right, Puppet, while they were watching, I was trying to figure out what that meant. I remembered it meant. Yeah, I, I'm glad Alan, I named some of these things. Alan was more interested in his uh, readouts. Yeah, he was more interested in in, uh, in the data and, yeah. and results, facts, figures, and in, in particular, watching Basil Love get embarrassed in court. Fake okay. court. So Basil Love got embarrassed in, in fake court. Oh, did and, we ever reveal Alan that Stench it was a fake been, court? Not to Bub, and I was thinking that would actually be an excellent way to start this one, is uh, maybe we could do like a media reel of various uh, news anchors and other media outlets all giving their own take on the leaked material. That makes sense. All the different ones we've now established over yeah. the seasons. Because if this is going to be supposed, if this is supposed to be when uh, Bub has a breakdown, like this he is the last straw, yeah. yeah, we need to show why. And I think the the huge court circus becoming a media circus and massively devastating Abaddon's reputation and Basilub's personal reputation, which he cares about more than even the company. I think that's a good way to start. Okay, so I think it's good that we do that, but I think maybe there should also be some little weird personal esoteric detail that one of the reporters mentions or like some 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 piece of information comes out i'm just giving i'm giving an example that's in my brain from succession when a new uh potential business partner who maybe is fucking the the patriarch of the big billionaire family 
the the children who are trying to vie for his position kind of fuck with her ability to get close to him by suggesting that at his birthday she toast his sister but he the old man never likes to hear there there was some awful traumatic accident going way back to do with the sister and he never wants to hear her name and the moment that she's brought up it like spoils the whole event so I'm thinking it would be cool if we could start planting seeds, or maybe we already have planted a seed way back for a reference that could be like this is getting this is getting to to Basil Bob, but he's dealt with like public scrutiny and embarrassment uh, before. It would be cool if some weird the final straw is actually like a detail that will be a piece of the puzzle to why he now is why he goes back to heaven. Actually, yeah. Some... The the the, re- the revelation of some personal detail that gets leaked during the court proceedings. Yeah, some personal core, and it's 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 leaked in the court proceedings. Sort of like, uh, um, what what am I thinking? What word am I trying to come up with? Like ambiguously, like it's not. It's kind of referred to like in the, in in the show I'm talking. About, it's like Rose, or even like in, um, Citizen Kane. It's Rose Bud. You don't really know what Rose Bud is, but it's like some some trigger keyword that is related to a personal memory and he needs to get back to heaven to find some old keepsake he's got buried in his like childhood room or something like that. <laughs> Definitely assuming that it's just still there. Right. <clears throat> something something from his past. Oh, well, and even like yeah, cuz we were playing with the the um the rowling, the rolling, I don't even know how to say her name anymore. The Harry Potter thing, the pensive with the memories. It's obviosa. It's obviosa. That joke is too good not to pass up, I feel like. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> I like it. Um. I like it so much better <laughs> because then she can be a total bitch about a it. A bitch about it, yeah. Constantly <laughs> it's obviosa. No wonder she has any friends. <laughs> yeah. No um. wonder she was stuck in a gulag in Siberia. <laughs> um they were doing a thing where like snape has this like core memory of potter's father bullying him so we were playing with these exp- the these core memories of 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 uh, obviosa being bullied or whatever her wound it would be cool if we now through the court accidentally uncovered uh, basil bub's wound oh since since the court actually goes through basil bub's Lot memories. Ah, lie. yeah. You can, we can absolutely we a catch a glimmer of something that would set him off. Especially funny if, like, media companies and and all the reporters and journalists that Alan Stench is leaking this feed to, all the all the video files and transcripts and everything are being leaked. Damn. If nobody even mentions it or even notices this thing that Basil Bub is now obsessed with, now that everybody's seen it. Yeah, and and it keeps being replayed. Oh, it's like yeah, it's like it's like a pimple where like nobody even knows what it is, but he's obsessed with it. So it's all he can think about. It's all he sees. Yeah, he's the only one who notices it, but it's playing everywhere. (laughs) It's on every news station. It's on every channel. It's it's on every YouTube channel. Everybody's doing reaction content on it. Even Tucker and Todd, (laughs) which which could be which could be included in the reel. That'd be kind of funny. As our little action, that's very funny. That because that's like including like <laughs> Tim Pool, you know, in a reel or anything. Just like a stupid like in your garage uh, podcast. Yeah, this is commentary on social politics. Oh, uh, and I, Tucker and Todd would have the best take I could think of because <laughs> it would be the dumbest thing. 
the everybody most, else like, overreaching. Scrut- yeah, everybody else is scrutinizing child slavery, Tucker and Toddle. Like, look at that tie. <laughs> Did you even see? That's funny. Yeah, they're doing fashion commentary. <laughs> Get a load of that shirt collar. <laughs> We're doing entertainment tonight, Tucker. You don't even know what a shirt collar is. Mind your own business. Let me have yeah, it. It's it's somebody who uses a phone to get in contact with a shirt. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's a shirt collar. Collar, you're on Next the line. Next collar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Same wavelength. Is that because weren't we talking about Tucker and Todd doing a call-in show? That is their call-in show. <laughs> I I know that we've been talking about them doing like all manner of shows. Yeah, they have some. And, and they have right dabbled now. with uh, <laughs> reaction content, so they could definitely take a crack at it. Every, they they like to watch trends and be like, everybody's doing this. We should get on top of it. We need to do that. Yeah, they just go through through the, the, the archives of, of media. Yeah, they're like, this is trending. We need to be part of the, the wave. We don't want to get in at the end when the best is over. No. <clears throat> Floating in on, on the life rafts. Okay, so why do this now? Because he's embarrassed. Um, yeah, embarrassed. But um, oh yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I like. I like your idea for him being sort of triggered by a memory of the past that he can't he needs reconcile. To... He needs to go back. It's some kind of closure event. Destroy any evidence of it. Yeah, I like that in particular. That he has to go destroy it. Yeah. He doesn't want to like reclaim his history or go and apologize. He wants to devastate whatever it was that he's tried to expunge from himself but it, it clearly it's still there that's interesting because we were talking about doing sort of a redemption arc ish with him is the thing that he destroyed like uh some verification or uh evidence that he used to be good or was good or has good intentions or something like that some something that ties him to heaven specifically yeah and if and if we go with the uh, religious notion, anything that's heavenly is good by default. And if he doesn't want to be anything heavenly, then yeah, that's interesting. At a time when he was like all in with with heavenness. Yeah, it's um, heavyanity. <laughs> some something that represents a period of absolute faith for him could be uh, like a a diary, a journal. It could be a framed photo. It could be a memento of some kind, a knickknack, a gift from God. That's interesting. A gift from God. That's very, well, it's a MacGuffin. Okay. A gift from God. Um, Gifts from God can be many things. I'm trying to, what would be a funny thing to reveal if he only reveals to it? He refers to it as a gift from God over and over again, and then to reveal what the gift from God was. Oh yeah. Like it could be a pair of slippers or something. Yeah. Some something benign, something that it's not oh, the Ark that's of the Covenant. That's for sure. Is it actually something awful, and it represents the moment that he realized that God was just kind of like fucking with him? Like God gave him, he was taking. Well, like here's the thing: is if God was actually fucking with him, then his his uh, rebellion was justified. Right. That's true. I mean, the only it person it was Plato who was fucking with him for real. Oh, right. Oh, then. Oh, OK. Oh, is it a is it a little another little finger, a little finger, a little finger scenario <laughs> in which um, Plato gave Basil Bob 
a gift which he said was from God in order to turn him like as, ah, as his own last straw moment. I like that. His last straw moment now is triggered by the last straw moment of his rebellion. Yeah, I like the doing idea this whole, like that... God's got a gift for you. You got to meet him at the X, Y, Z. He said he's got this amazing gift for you and he comes and it, it's something that just like totally demoralizes him. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little can of cashews but it's got the it's got the snakes in it <laughs> oh, that's <really> funny. <laughs> actually that's pretty funny in terms of like serpent imagery and stuff exactly like that. exactly that's pretty funny it's full of the snakes they all shoot out it's forbidden fruit brand cashews <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm pretty into that. Because frankly, I think the forbidden fruit was a trick from the start. Yeah. It was ob- it was an obvious trap. Obviosa. Yeah, but apparently nobody knew it was an obvious trap until after they had knowledge of sin. It's a it's a uh a catch 22 in that way. Mhm. You don't know any better until after you know better. Ain't that just like life? Yeah, it sure you, is. You can't learn a, a lesson until you've made a mistake. <laughs> Well, that's why I like that. It's a saying I've heard uh, that a true mark of intelligence is being able to learn from your own mistake, whereas a mark of wisdom is being able to learn from the mistakes of others so that you don't have to make them in the first place. We do have that benefit. Although I have heard um, Kanye West said that we should uh, not study history. Kanye West sure has said a lot of things. (laughs) He's got a lot of ideas. Either either he wants to blame everything on a specific ethno-religious group and dude I'm presumably because of a history that he 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 assigns to them. But if we don't study it, then there's no history to assign to them and nothing's their fault, so blow me. <laughs> blow me. <laughs> Thanks for that one, George. Yeah. Yeah, I either there either we assign some kind of blame to them due to a perceived history or we don't study history and thus everyone is blameless maybe he's right maybe we should just forget about history and start start over today because a lot of the grudges we have are because of shared history yeah i mean there's there is sort of a zen to it but when you're targeting like but specifically especially this history which is bad (laughs) yeah well that's the thing is some Something shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah. But I, I also object to the notion that uh, remembering them somehow stops him from happening again. Clearly it doesn't. We've been repeating history since we invented doing stuff twice. Well, that was even like one of those. And I mean, I mean it's just a show and a script isn't isn't the representative of anything. But that uh, Raised by Wolves show, there's one point where the, the one of the androids is remarking that... My children, who are all raised to be like pacifists and atheists, even as children, they would still play war. And the uh, android is sitting there confused, going, "I don't know what, uh, like, possessed them to enact that. They were raised with a, an entirely objective view of the uh, version of reality that that didn't exist in, and it was still something that they had enacted as humans. Um, I don't know." What, yeah, what point I, I'm trying to I, make. Uh, it's in us. <laughs> yeah, I think the point you're trying to make is that there is some kind of innate factor, whether it's a conflict specifically or just contest, 
humans yeah. do like to engage in contests. They like to challenge each other and and not necessarily to be better than the other person, but rather to be your better self, to to improve, to see what you can do, find your limitations. I think that's part of the what they call the indomitable human spirit. Indomitable, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the kids, I doubt the kids were playing with any kind of malicious intent. Who can tell? There's a lot of really cool ideas um, in that show. That that show is wildly cerebral. Did you have you like you said that you saw some stuff about it? Do you do you do you know about like season two, etc.? <laughs> I've I've seen like video essays about the single scenes oh, okay, from that yeah. show. Like so, there's so many ogre layers to some of this stuff. There's oh yeah, there's ogre layers where like somebody says something and an episode has ended, and I have sat there going, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like waves of realizing. <laughs> you don't know whether you're coming or going. No, definitely not. Oh, <laughs> that reminds me of the white note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the white note. I started laughing the other day, thinking of uh, "Who are you?" I think that is one of my <laughs> fa- favorite oh laughs of the entirety of the Tucker and Todd show. I I almost <laughs> passed I, out. <laughs> yeah, I almost had an aneurysm or started hemorrhaging somewhere. That was intense. That was a long recovery. Yeah. As was as was this intro, <laughs> yeah, or whatever we're calling it. We've introed. This is we're in the show. We've introed. Yeah. So all right, let's uh, let's let's get back on the rails. Basil okay. Bub has been triggered by uh, some memory. In this case, we're presuming it was a gift that a gag gift that Plato gave him under the the guise of it being from God. Uh, it was a it was a, a joke can of cashews that shot snakes all over the place i like the idea now that plato is like always doing like he's got one of those hand buzzers oh he's yeah he's, those, he's, he's like he's a prankster. fucking loki <laughs> he's just a mischief he's the very first gremlin yeah he just sows discord and dissent everywhere he goes and since plato's gone this is this this can of cashews is all that's left and basil bub can handle it no longer maybe maybe in uh, the tucker and todd reaction to it one of them can subconsciously notice that there's a memory of a can of cashews and just oh, i'm hungry you want cashews i want cashews <laughs> yeah is that the is that the seed that he, that the memory that he sees is is the is the can of cashews or is it like a, him and plato together or something like that i think we could do both because we can have like a little memory montage. It's just like a series of flashes. Mm. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. It, especially because we can show a little different flash with each individual media take on, like they can each show a different section of his memories, and we can just kind of skip through them fairly quickly, and then each one shows a different flash of memory, and then of course we land on the can of cashews with with the boys. Beautiful. And and maybe that's the moment where we can zoom out and there's Basil Bub in the armchair holding a glass of brandy and he just shatters it in his hand. I always like that one. Classic. Except I think maybe this time it should be like a, a snifter glass of milk. <laughs> Something dorky. Glass of milk. Since since the God computer is 
to females because milk is for guys with mommy. Sorry, Todd. A milk box? Or a milk, one of those little milk Oh, <laughs> yeah. A, a little juice box full of milk. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mature. I can handle it. You're drinking from a juice box. <laughs> it stops me from spilling my juice. <laughs> yeah. Grown man with a juice box, especially if it's full of milk. If anything, milk is a little bit more juvenile than juice. It could be chocolate milk if you wanted to be truly juvenile. Oh, yeah. That's uh, regular milk just isn't sugar laden enough for you. No, we need to sugar it up with fake chocolate flavoring and whatever they put in that stuff. Oh, that we could do a joke where he's sitting there. He's slurping, sucking his chocolate milk through his straw. Oh, yeah. You got to starts... you got to have the, the full of air sucky noise. And then it start. He starts steaming. He starts overheating because he's the devil. So the milk starts boiling, and somebody does like an observation of, "Are you blowing bubbles in your milk?" But it's um, and that's when he can do like a Hades explosion, maybe. Oh yeah, if actual fire. Yeah. And then just the the little milk milk box just detonates. <laughs> milk steam it crumples into dust. It it ignites in his hand. He's it's just flammable milk. He's mad. Anything is flammable <laughs> if you apply enough heat to it. True. I forget what chemical it was, but it burns stuff that typically is regarded as non-flammable. It was developed by the Germans because, of course, Prodorium. it was. SciShow did an episode of the five most dangerous substances on the planet, and it was the very first one. So anybody who's curious can just look that up, whatever. It's there. There will be no link in the description. We don't do that. Yeah, nah. It's easy. Just look up SciShow, five most dangerous substances, chemicals, whatever. It'll be the only result that matters. So does he immediately turn or he goes to his lab that's been working on the VPN technology? Yeah, I think it, it rests for a beat on his his furious expression. And then you can have like a sort of dramatic music note. And then it smash cuts to him open slamming open the door to the lab that's that's how fast he went down that hallway he's got a fireman's pole i mean he wouldn't be much of a, a man child if he didn't <laughs> those come standard issue right into the lab whatever slippers he's wearing squeak as he hits the bottom oh i like that <laughs> he's got so cloven can... he's got cloven hoof slippers <laughs> oh yeah that'll be fun to design for the look yeah well i think yeah i now I'm imagining all of his business shoes as being cloven hoof business shoes because I'm thinking that maybe he just actually has cloven hooves. Oh, interesting. So everything has to be cloven hoof shaped. But anyway, anyway, uh, goofy oversized cloven hoof squeaky slippers, definitely. Squeak them. Yeah, that'll 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 substantially offset his general serious energy with the absurd. That's what we like to do. Because he's steaming mad and dramatic music is playing so the squeaker is going to be a bit of a juxtaposition and i think the squeaker note will be the perfect moment to terminate the dramatic music mm, yeah. and that'll be when he starts speaking he he uh he's going to demand the uh the prototype the the we're going to have to come up with a name for it doctor whatever von doctor von whatever oh yeah it's got to be a a vil suitably villainous <laughs> german sounding name yeah he's going to be our doctor krieger type guy What's the one from 
Despicable Me called? Oh, hell. Is it I just like I Edgar knew. or something like that? Oh, he's Dr. Nefario. Oh, jo- that's Joseph, a pretty good one. Joseph Albert Nefario. <laughs> yeah, he's got no history. They met at VillainCon. Oh, <laughs> that's great. I was kind of hoping that uh, Gru had sheltered him after the war. Yeah, they moved to Brazil together. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind us. We've always lived in Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny as like a Can, fanfic spin-off Can't thing. you tell from my accent? I've always been here. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, doesn't he have like a goofy British accent? He's not even... Yeah, German, I, I he's not, he's not, uh, he's not <laughs> Germany and they... I don't know if they ever call him by his first name. I don't think they ever call him Joe. No. <laughs> Joseph Albert Nefario. Proud child of so-and-so and somebody else Nefario. <laughs> Destined for, quite frankly, only one thing with a name like that. Yeah, your path is chosen. Um... Just, just like Kevin Smith. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Poor Kevin. I think Kevin's fine. I just feel bad that... He's still, even though he has decided, well, I'm just going to take, make movies for my fan base. I feel bad that he's still subjected to reviews from people who don't think that that's the way that creators are supposed to be. I think critics should just shut up. Yeah, make your own movies. Well, that's the thing about, that's the one thing about Red Letter Media as critics is like, well, they do make their own movies and they are also awful and they know that they're awful. I don't know where to land with them. Yeah, I guess you just tell them that their criticism is exactly as good as their movies. But I mean, was Clerks 3 ever going to be good? I don't know. After my recollection of Clerks 2 is imperfect. But after that, I wouldn't hold out high hopes for Clerks 3. Have you heard anything about it? Do you mind if I talk about it briefly? Because there's some details. <laughs> lay, lay it on me. So you know how, for whatever reason, Dante married Rosario Dawson at the end of the second one? Yes. Well, apparently immediately after that, she died in childbirth, as did the baby. So he's just been alone and in misery since the end of two. Wow. But he's now the manager of that Quickie Mart or whatever. So The, the Quick movie- Stop? Yeah, the quick stop. Oh, yeah, Cookie Mart is Simpsons or the quick stop. Yeah. Um, so he's now the manager and Randall works there. And the movie is about Randall has a heart attack and realizes that he should be doing like has like a life turn. He, he, he goes through a Kevin Smith had a heart attack and, and needs to start living his life thing. So it's, uh, of course, autobiographical as they all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's semi autobiographical. I understand that. Um, Way to go, Kevin. Genius. Write what you know. And then, if I understand correctly, they... Uh, oh, sorry. Dante is inspired by Randall's heart attack to like live his life, and then it just ends up pushing him to have a heart attack, and that's the comedy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... <laughs> okay, that is a little bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. Life is heart attacks. I don't know what the point yeah, is. Yeah, it's a little bit discouraging and mean-spirited. Yeah. Poor, poor Randall. <laughs> I mean, poor Dante, hasn't he had enough? I wasn't even supposed That'd be funny if that was the last line was I was he's in the hospital. I wasn't even supposed oh, yeah. to be there. That's his that's his rosebud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not kidding. On his deathbed, that's the last thing he says 
The only person who's there is like the night nurse who's tidying up for the night. But it sounds like it's a little bit meta. It's a little bit young. It's a little bit whatever. I don't know. I don't know why anybody expected Kevin Smith to be like a great filmmaker. He, the point was he saw people making movies and realized, hey, anybody can make a movie. So he made a movie that is literally a guy who is anybody making an anybody movie. And that's what he represents. And for whatever reason, um, people saw that when they were 20 and thought that he was going to spend his life becoming, I don't know, um, who did 2001 Space Odyssey? Well, I can't remember his name. Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick. Kubrick. Kevin Smith is not Kubrick. <laughs> no, I, he, I don't think he's a great visionary, although I do think he can tell some all right jokes and make decent films. And he does pretty quality dialogue. Yeah, he's got he's got sweet, snappy dialogue and uh, relatable characters. Yeah. Uh, so who wants a chocolate covered pretzels? <laughs> Very relatable. <laughs> yeah, done that. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, tangent over. <laughs> tangent complete. Doctor Nefario is yeah, the doctor, VPN uh, ready. Yeah, he's not obvioso though. No. What was what was the line? Tony said to Jarvis in the Avengers film when he asked for the uh, the the latest prototype suit apparently wasn't ready yet. Oh, is it like something about is it one of those like Mark II? Yeah, deploy the Mark something. Yeah, but but sir, I'm falling out of a window right now. Fresh out of <laughs> options, Jarvis. We'll argue about it later. Just save my life, please. Oh, would it be funny? <laughs> here, bear with me for a moment. Would it be funny to quote that conversation line by line? But Basil Basilbub insists that Nefario say the lines the way that he says them, so he's kind of rolling his eyes. <laughs> this is the script for trying the new prototype. I knew this was going to happen when you didn't show up for rehearsal. Um, the VPN. I'm trying to think of what yeah, does if, VPN if... stand for anything different. That's something I'm I'm thinking about now, but if we can't come up with anything good right away, we can just tuck that little nugget aside. Yeah. Because what he, what he calls it isn't super important because we're going to come up with just... It's just going to be a, a jokey word. Well, it should, I feel like it should almost... my The joke that I want to do with it is to segue... That's when he turns to camera and says, like our sponsor, and then does a VPN <laughs> ad. <laughs> I like that. It is a bit weird for Abaddon to have a sponsor instead of be a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I want to see an ad for Raid Shadow Legends where they have somebody else sponsor them. And now it's it's all full circle. They're part of the same ecosystem. They're all feeding on each other now. Raid Shadow Legends being sponsored by a different entity? Yeah, Nord, brought to you by NordVPN. <laughs> Which is which itself is brought to you by historical titles that we made up. Well, that was when I was originally trying to think of the VPN. I was trying to think of if it would be like a device or it would, like I was all, almost imagining that we don't even call it like the VPN. They say like the Nord is here and he, he like gets piggybacked by like a Viking. <laughs> Interesting. What, what are what are other VPNs? There's Surfshark. Yeah, there is Surfshark. There's NordVPN, uh, ExpressVPN, uh, top ten VPNs. Yeah, that's that's what I'm also looking at. <laughs> I've never heard of most of these. Oh, Hotspot Shield, I remember that. 
Oh, I I used that once upon a I time. I used to use that. Yeah. I think uh, I think I think I caught an STI from it. <laughs> Cyber Ghost sounds kind of familiar. Oh, does he use the same technology to create a ghost? Could he create a cyber ghost who is bound by unfinished business contract to carry him to heaven? Interesting. We did we did discuss that all ghosts actually have to pass through heaven in order to just be counted. Right. That is that is at least one surefire way to get in. Some kind of piggyback like a signal. Horse. Yeah. And then then that opens up all the, the Trojan jokes. Sponsored by. Yeah. Named it after a condom. <laughs> what is it? Isn't that? That's that was the, a Craig Ferguson joke. Well, I was going to say that's the plot of the uh, fuck. What's it called? Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> oh. The daughter makes a condom commercial. Is Am I thinking of the same thing? I don't I don't know. That one slipped from my mind. Yeah, because uh, Danny Glover's daughter is once that she's an actress and then she makes a, mo- a commercial about condoms. And it's like a sticking point that comes up like two or three times in the movie is like of how of how like uh, emotionally wrecked he is by his teenage daughter starting in a condom commercial. <laughs> That's wild. What a, I think what a thing to get upset about. At one point, who? What's his name? Uh, Joe Pesci is also in that movie, and he's making a reference to like, "Man, I love those commercials." <laughs> <laughs> like who? Who is he? <laughs> oh, is that your daughter? Oh what's boy! Oh, uh, yet another uh, comedian act from ancient times. But Craig Ferguson. And one of my favorite specials of his, he joked that the uh, the Trojans, like the historical nation, Troy, the Trojans, named themselves after a condom. That's kind of funny. It was very funny at the time. I was tickled. I do like that as humor, that like the the uh, what do you call that? Um, anachronistic. Yes. The thing that got named after the thing actually was named after the thing it was named after. Um. So yes, whatever we whatever we name it, it'll be. Good and jokey, although I do like the idea of not calling it a VPN at all and just calling it the the shark protocol or the, mm, the Nord yeah. or something. But I do think it should be a device. But if if it in, involves a ghost, it just controls the ghost. Maybe the ghost has like some kind of implant. Yeah, because it is this. Is, the company is Cyber Ghost. That would cyber, be a cyber. That spirit. would be one cyber ghost. Yeah. Cyber spirit. Yeah, anyways. Yes, uh, but sir, it's not ready, etc. Will it not being ready present uh, an immediate, are we going to see it, like, fail? or? Uh... Yeah, does he take it for a proper test drive before trying to use it? Or is he just so bent on eliminating I, th- I think he would be quite motivated to use it right away. It'll come down to how hard his his uh, Dr. Nefario type guy insists on testing it first. Well, I, guess, I mean, I guess that could be like a gag of like, I insist, or we need to do one last test. And then he says, okay, test on, pick somebody to test it on. He doesn't test it. Some underling does. <laughs> or they test it on a dog or a chicken or something. Briefly winks out of existence with the device. It, uh, yeah, I mean. It's um, whoever tests it goes full Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, I, what like, would even, what would the test be? even be how do you test it 
That's well, a good well, question. Yeah, what does it do? Do you get into like a pod and then it shrinks you down? And then the, the cyber ghost takes you like you're a pill? Yeah, or do you get like filtered down into a cyber ghost? Maybe it has something to do with it converts you to energy and then that's how you get in. Oh, it converts you to cyber. And now that you're a cyber, you're a ghost. It, you become a cyber ghost. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, you discombobulate, you de-res into a, an energy stream of some kind. You are now a cyber ghost. And now you can either see heaven or just like get in. You can join the stream of all the ghosts that are going into it. Oh, and then you kind of piggyback it, on them. We call it a VGN, a virtual, a vir- virtual ghost vgp virtual ghost protocol ghost protocol that's a thing yeah then it's uh we can just kind of like really briefly play the mission impossible sting when he says that <laughs> and then make no further relate any no further reference to it yeah everybody just kind of looks at the screen a brief fourth wall nod virtual ghost proxy yeah whatever um it turns you into a ghost and then you go to heaven yeah, you you get to well now that you're now that you're a a ghost or at least ghostly enough, you can see the other ghosts and but you just the, kind of jump on their stream. But the first um test Dr. Manhattan's the guy. Yeah, I'm thinking it it full on discombobulates the guy. And everything after... is everything is blue electricity and this guy gets stripped away layer by layer. How do we play going from that to Basil be about being like that. Okay, fine. That, that, whatever. I still want to do it. I think I think we can do it. That's what these tests are for. And then he picks it up and uses it anyway because it was tested on a human and he's not human. Good. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it turned him into a ghost. All right. Looks like a ghost to me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that response. Everybody. Yeah, this guy. This guy yeah, everybody <laughs> watches this guy. Somehow he's still screaming, even though he's nothing but a pile of blue glittering dust. <laughs> and Basil Bub like leans down, dusts off the d- device of whatever it is. He's like, "Good, it works. <laughs> That's Perfect. Very funny. <laughs> See, excellent. <laughs> well done. He pats him on the back. The guy's just like mouth ajar. Yeah, ajar, it, is that a thing? Yes. Can you say a mouth is a jar? A gape. I think That's so. I, I think it I think a jar just means open. Left open. Excuse me, mother. When is a door not a door? That's I'm obsessed with be doing the the voice of the androids. I've been following my mom around. <laughs> Said, excuse me, mother. I definitely do stick my hands out all robotic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sure she likes that. I she loves it. I am one of the kids from uh, Love on the Spectrum. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought I recognized you. I I'm Michael. <laughs> did you did you watch that show? Bits of it. it <laughs> too it's real. To, it's pretty cringy. Yeah. <laughs> too real. <laughs> oh, how come nobody wants to make a show about me being fucking alone? <laughs> <laughs> they did. It was called Single White Spenny, <laughs> no, and nobody oh, watched it. One? Um, Milf Manor. Oh, I did. I think we talked about that. We talked about it. I saw a thumbnail today with uh, incest question mark in the thumbnail. So they immediately started making that part of the show. Oh, okay. 
that's because yeah i think that that's has, where we're at <laughs> well i mean it, that's that's cultural regression uh but i think that would be for the uh outrage clicks and hate watching and stuff oh by the way I, controversial i did watch the first episode of velma and i don't know if i'm on board with the poison pill theory yeah you don't think it was uh, deliberately invented as a a weapon <laughs> Well, because there's there's two there's two feelings that the immediate feeling that you take away from it is or that I take away from it is the writer hates television. But I don't know if he if if he hates television or he thinks we hate television. I can't tell. I can't tell if it is deliberately trying to be bad or if it is if it thinks these are the jokes people want to hear about the way that television is made now. But it's so mean spirited towards so, other writers. That's so meta. Yeah, hard to tell. What did but, this guy say? It was it was the show. The entire show he said was made up of three ingredients. It was sassy. It was meta, and I forget what the third thing was. That was your upper echelon review. No, it was a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, it's, it, it's, I think it, it was a worse take. But he also thought that it was really mean spirited and. and was written by somebody who had a bone to pick. Yeah, that it feels very much like somebody's very bitter and angry, but I can't tell who it's bitter and angry at the yeah, audience it's, it's or attacking, the industry. It's an attack. Yeah, but who who's the target? <laughs> yeah, that's for everybody else to figure out. And may, I guess maybe in that sense, it is sort of a maybe not a poison pill, but a uh, what would you call that? Like a a car accident. They want you to rubberneck it. It's a train wreck. Yeah, and if that works, I mean, at the end of the day, hotshot executives and the people who actually do the bean counting don't actually care if it's good. No. They just care if it gets the numbers. It's certainly getting fucking talked about. On the one hand, I'm glad that I haven't had to hear anything about Wednesday for a while. <laughs> no kidding. Which I, I think I heard that got picked up for a second season, though, right? <laughs> Well, you know what? I will give it a chance because there are lots of shows that have had what I regard as a rough first season that came into yeah. their own in the second season when when any of the writing staff changes were made and, and the show got a better budget, etc. They They fill out, as we say. Yeah. Or in the case of certain writers' rooms, they thin out. Hmm. Uh, tr trim the fat. Yes, they they take on a shape, which is all any of us wants. But as, as okay. for the shape of this writer's room, this writer's room is the shape of whatever container you pour it into. Yeah, <laughs> just like Cody. <laughs> yeah. So Basil Bub has a device. He declares that it works. Do we want to take this opportunity to smash cut away to go check on our B plot? B. Plot. Yeah, I think we I think he should use the device, but we shouldn't see the result of that. Yeah, uh, either either we smash cut away at the moment he presses the big red button or he regards it and, and the camera like focuses on it. And then you get this dramatic sting and then it immediately smash cuts away under the uh, it. It's implied that he immediately activated it. 
Oh, we could, yeah. We, I mean, the, the way you were describing it started turning it into a gag in my mind of um, the camera panning back and forth from the button to his face. Oh, and, and like, he starts zooming it. Yeah, the sweating, the <laughs> zooming, the, the the Japanese taiko drums. It keeps escalating to the point that it is. It's also the Monty Python escalating longer than it needs to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not, not necessarily resetting, but just keeps going. It zooms in all the way in his it's, face. It's so the it's Lancelot pixelated. charge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, that's kind of the energy I was trying to capture with that helicopter bit. Mm. <laughs> it, the rising tension, and then immediately no payoff. <laughs> it's over. Just... I like that. I like that. <laughs> the letdown is so funny because I love anti humor. And it's even uh, the the way that I read Jay's line is that she is being very kind, but she's also reading it kind of uh, um, almost self-aware, self-aware and obligatory. Like she's just saying it like man, she has to she's compelled to, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that was <laughs> wow. Really that was impressive <laughs> what you just did. <laughs> yeah, not quite sarcastic, but almost. Yeah, it's it's more like matter of factly. Yeah. Like yeah, Stan is just like, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> he only gets to revel in it for a moment. Then the okay. helicopter's away. Yeah, B so plot. that's that's how we go to the B plot. Now there's a couple of ways I was thinking about this one. I do I do think it'd be cool if they are following a report of missing agents. Oh, okay. Because oh, yeah, said, other said missing were... agents have stumbled upon this elevator. And we've got no other senior staff that are available right now. So it looks like you two will have to do. So did, so did you read the comment that I put on it? Yes. Do is it a case of the elevator has been found? So the some the is the elevator found linked to any of the plots that we have already? Do they know that it's related to their investigation? They've just found an elevator or did the investigation lead to the elevator? Yeah, I was I was thinking that if there are breadcrumbs, it wasn't Ken and Ted who were originally investigating it. It would have been the senior agents who I assume disappeared. Okay. So so they would be investing uh, investigating the disappearance rather than the the breadcrumbs that led to that disappearance. But at, it, over the course of their investigation of the disappearance, they would discover these things because that's where they've gone. They've they've been taken by the elevator. Have we discussed? I know that we've used the elevator. Have we discussed where the like entrance and exits are? No, I uh, are, at one point I think I suggested that there was a direct elevator in the Abaddon headquarters building. I guess there could be many, but I also think that yeah, there's probably more than one because naturally hell predates the Abaddon building. Yeah, and the invention of elevators. Actually, I guess maybe not since it was built by machine people. It would be funny though if there was like some of the elevators are more old fashioned. Like there's an there's an old one. Oh there's yeah, old crank um, elevator with an operator and everything. Yeah, it. Uh, what was that small elevator used in houses? They weren't for moving people the around. They were used for moving dumb things. Dumb waiter. At least one of them is just a dumb waiter. It's 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 sized properly to fit Tucker, and that's about it. What a weird name. Is it called a dumb like it does the job of a waiter but it can't speak so it's a it's a dumb waiter? I don't know. But I have to assume it's for the 
getting the whiny brat upstairs her ice cream because she needs it right fucking now. Also, who the fuck is Susan? Like, uh, Lazy Susan did. Before they invented a, a, a plank that would spin around on the table, they would, they'd stick a lady on the table. Yeah, they would spin just her put around. Susan on the where's table. The, where's the nearest Here, Susan? Hold this. <laughs> Susan, we, uh, we have a favor to ask. Hold this and this. And if you drop any of this, oh, and also lazy was lazy a name given to people who were like crippled. Is that what that is implying? Uh, lame is certainly a word. Lame is you're right. That. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like a lazy eye. But she's lazy, lazy, lazy Susan. <laughs> she is lame, Susan. <laughs> lame Susan. But, yeah. but but she isn't lame. She's just no everything. She just you show her something. And she's like lame. Oh, <laughs> she's just like really judgy. So they call her lame Susan. She's, Weird. She's, she's she's just a hot girl. She's like Ugh, lame. So this is one of several elevators. Yes. Uh, actually, I think it would be funny if it's one of those, uh, you know, the electric boxes that you see everywhere. Electric boxes. Yeah, it just do you not see electric boxes everywhere? I'm not really sure what I you sure mean do by electric boxes like for like part of the grid. Yeah. yeah. Usually they're they're green. They're uh, fenced off a little. Yeah. And they're just like randomly. Like transformers or whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Electrical utility boxes. <clears throat> they're they're for electricians to access to be able to look at stuff. So there's one of those? I think it would be all right if it was disguised as one of those. So nobody, nobody oh, takes a look the, at it. And it's like an elevator structure that's right in, the in the middle, middle. of the ground. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. You remember... That scene from Red where the entrance to uh, to one of the guy's houses was actually the trunk of a car led to a stair. You get it into the trunk yeah. of a car and it leads to a stairwell down. Yeah. I think the elevators are hidden all over the place like that. Yeah, definitely. I like that. And and none of them look like an elevator on the outside, except for the, the ones that are like inside of buildings, such as the one in Abaddon headquarters, which looks like an Abaddon elevator. Well, it's but I... Like... I like the, the idea. Yeah, exactly. You flush yourself into it. You diagonally. <laughs> and I also kind of think that the uh, the elevator music is a special kind of terrible too. It's probably oh, that's uh, funny. oh, it's probably all I want for Christmas is you. The only time they don't play it is during Christmas. Curious. But uh, there, yeah, I think I think Ken and Ted because I uh, an elevator to hell. At least if anybody suspects it's an elevator to another dimension, Ken and Ted are still quite green. I don't think they'll be assigned a case like that. They get assigned to like assist other agents. I think they get assigned to assist other agents, but they accidentally lock themselves in an elevator and they're taking it to hell. I like that, that they're, yeah, they, no, the Wiscussy are, <laughs> they're, they're assigned. Oh, yeah, you don't want to mess with these Wiscussies. Oh, God. I, I listened to that on repeat for way longer than I should have. <laughs> I listened to it all the way through, which was much longer than I should have. Yeah. Uh, the ver My very first listen through was cut short because I was like, I've got to share this with Todd. <laughs> and it wasn't until after I shared it that I listened to the whole thing. And I realized she was saying Wiscussy. <laughs> yeah. It's a wet ass Wiscussy. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Hi, I'm Maisie. This is how I'm like with my friends always. Aren't they lucky? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's horrible. I'm this lady in my friend group. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you, you betcha. betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Midwesterners, don't you hate us? <clears throat> okay, so Ken and, Ken and Ted are assigned to investigate a distress signal. Uh, some guys, they, they issue distress. This is their last known location. Get over there and check it out. They get over there. They find some kind of it's it's an elevator, but it's disguised as something else. But they get close enough to touch some kind of panel or oh. something that causes it to activate and, and open up and take them in. Is it the thing where they can see the footprints that lead inside and then either the footprints literally just are not on the floor on the inside? Or maybe, um, you know how sometimes the elevator has the door on the opposite side of the one you get in on? So they see the footprints walk in and then they walk off and they're halfway cut off on the other side because they walked out the door on the other end. I do like the idea that there's some very obvious footprints. Looks like they went this way. But on the inside, they just go into a wall because on this end, there's no door at the top, but there's a door at the bottom. They tracked in some some mud. Yeah. Or even just like unsettled the dust or whatever. Oh, this one hasn't been used in a while. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Yeah, it hadn't been used uh, yeah, in a while I, until... I like, I like the idea that this is one of the really old-fashioned ones. The interior is like brass with, with like velvet. Yeah. It's old-fashioned, rustic, but comfortable old-fashioned fancy oh i just had a thought mm, i don't know if it works for anything but it's just a thing popped into my mind that as they start as it like kind of crackles into operation and starts head it creaking down a ghost with a little like bellboy hat appears as the as the operator a ghost he has, he has unfinished business which is to operate the elevator i don't know to Ah, it, and it wouldn't be for a duration. It would actually no. be for a number of occupants. Yeah. Oh, thank God, you're my millionth user. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Could he accidentally, or not even, but could something he says be a little hint or an alert to what's going on in the ghost network? The ghost oh, interesting. Protocol. Oh, uh, I suppose he could reference that now that his job is complete he gets to go in and join the the stream the uh, the river of ghosts of souls and spirits that are on their way to heaven the river sticks interesting i don't know tuck that aside how how do they get into the elevator they see they see the footprints and so i'm gonna assume they walk right up to the box or the car or whatever whatever they are trying to get into and start fumbling around on it so is there any sort of is it like locked are there any is there uh is it a crime scene is it like taped down or are they the only ones to respond first yeah they're they're the only ones to respond maybe they actually tape maybe they erect some tape because i think they should magoo oh maybe that's it then they try start to erect some tape and they like wrap it around their feet and trip fall into the elevator <laughs> well yeah i was thinking that they magooed their way through it like accidentally touching a panel and then the the box or whatever it is actually sinks into the ground and they fall in yeah or something like whatever it is it opens up and they roll in Whoa. yeah i think i i think they should tumble into it somehow yeah however however they get into it it's definitely not of their own choosing they they accident their way in did dirk gently do that when he was investigating that death maze in the first season dirk and todd they've they've 
frankly, they fell through half of that thing. Death maze. With all the light bulbs and electricity and doodads. Oh. And the gizmos. Can't forget those. I don't remember that too well. I I just watched it, so fresh in my mind. But I, I think of them magooing it through it in the same way that they do. They mm-hmm. just kind of fall in. What is that you found there, Ken? And then Ted runs up just a little too quickly, bumps into Ken, nudges him forward. Ken's hand comes into contact with the correct panel. Something gets pushed in, Indiana Jones style. And then suddenly the thing opens up and they both fall in. Yeah. Is, do we cut to black and go somewhere else? Or do we just go black and then have them wake up in, in like a comfortably fancy but old-fashioned slightly dusty elevator and well, it just do the classic it, oh, it, it, it dings i was gonna say it cuts to black yeah it dings it cuts to black and two pairs of eyeballs open in the black and then a third i like that most. two pairs of eyeballs open up then there's a third then so there's a like ding hovering. and the lights come on but the third pair of eyeballs is not there after the light comes on and this is canon ted's opportunity to look around because now they're inside of an enclosed space. This would be very scary if it weren't so comfortable. After they take a moment to get familiar with their surroundings, that'll be when our ghost friend clears his throat and says, Welcome, sirs. Hello, gentlemen. Is he old, decrepit? He's been there forever. The ghost's age? I I don't know about that. I mean, he could have been an old uh, bellhop when he died. Oh, that's true. That's actually funny. When people die, do they... Are their ghosts their best self or the self they died at? Because if your immortal soul is the you you died at for a lot of people, that's going to be in a real bad state. I think you're the you that you die at. This might be something fun to introduce just into the lore. You're the you that you die at, but there is like a procedure that you can have done (laughs) to to restore you. It can unlock skins. (laughs) Ectoplastic surgery. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was quick on the draw for that one. I was thinking plastic surgery, ectoplasm, ectoplastic surgery. It's perfect. Brilliant. There's only six ectoplastic surgeons in the Midwest. Yeah. All right. So an old, we've got a, we've got an elderly Jeeves type bellhop. Is he an old British fella or is he old fashioned, slight Southern drawl, sophisticated Southerner guy? Um, it's every, every single ghost character that now pops into my mind is, what was he called from Wreck-It Ralph 2? He's the little, well, hello there, governor. <laughs> it's, it's not even in an accent. What was he called? Blue boy. Wreck-It one. Blue boy. Wreck-It. Dan TDM e-boy scene. Copy. Chat. Oh, this kid. Oh, that's official Disney UK. This is the wrong oh, voice. The British voice is Uncle not... Fry. That's uh, Sarah. What's her name? Why can't I remember her name? Comedian, Jewish. Okay, that's, that's a very subtle English accent. Yeah, so I guess there was there there was two different voice actors that did them. So the subtle voice, the subtle British one that you're hearing, is not the one that I remember seeing in the movie. Do you do you think they've been gaslighting you? No, I know I know that they changed it. I know that there's two different versions because the the one that ends there's like the UK licensed version. Dan TDM is some YouTuber who did the British one, 
And then the one that I've seen, the literally I had the, the copy on Disney Plus or whatever, it's a voice like this. Hey there, Nelson. Like, he's more like a little transatlantic little guy. Like, I talk like this, governor. He's just a little guy. Yeah. Well, I think I think our bellhop should be, especially if he's going to be an old guy, he needs to be a bit aristocratic. Oh, like a voice like this then, you think? I used to do safaris in the Congo. I'm more regal than the king. More regal than the king? He used to kiss my finger right before I stuck it in his tukis. And the, the closest thing to American aristocracy was was the, the southern landowner. But then, then we've just got Colonel Sanders again. Yeah. Do we have a transatlantic? I'm trying to think of uh, how I would get, how I would start doing... I'm because I'm gonna start doing a voice like this. See, that's not the one that I'm trying to do. It's gonna be more. That's not quite the right one, Chief. Well, now, now we're just into the talkies where the overacting was the way to go. I really wish everybody talked like this still. See, now I'm doing the Dave Chappelle cover. Not, I don't think anybody ever spoke that way outside of film. No, it was for film. That's one thing that I think we've lost as a society is performance everybody wants it to be realistic but back then everybody wanted it to sound like it was a film yeah theatrical nobody spoke the way actual people speak everything was overly enunciated and way too dramatized and, and i think that should be a legitimate art form still hmm see <laughs> why i oughta what would the the southern drawl then be this is a southern drawl you trying to make him an old man i'm an old man <laughs> well on the other hand it's the 21st century and maybe we should move away from the white slave owner sounding guy oh is it a old fa oh, no because i was gonna say is it old-fashioned robot rather than a ghost the ghost is interesting uh, uh, yeah i think the ghost is interesting and it's one way for us to tie it directly to a plot yeah but otherwise, it could be an artificial intelligence that's like holographically projected in there. And I'm going to assume that's what Ken and Ted think this is. Is there it's a just, word? It's just a hologram, Ted. Is there a word for ghost or spirit that starts with I? Uh, oh, spirit. This or I can never remember. What's the word synonym? Spirit. Um, H I G F. God damn it. I was going to say it's an artificial whatever, but I don't have a word. Yeah, I've got uh, doppelganger apparition, phantasm, phantom, poltergeist, specter. Apparitious intelligence? <laughs> oh, I like that. That's pretty funny. I am your apparitious intelligence. I'm kind of liking that. Okay. Ted, Ted is shocked upon seeing this old spectral looking fella. It's a ghost. That's just ridiculous, Ted. That's that's an artificial intelligence hologram. We've got one in our car. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that's do. a good that's a good point, Ken. And then oh. and then I guess the ghost can play along and say he's an apparitious intelligence. A protocol droid. What is C3PO? What is the full name for what he is? A bucket. <laughs> <laughs> but he says that he's a is it a conversation protocol droid? C3. Oh. I guess C3PO is a series of buckets. Protocol. Yeah, like assistant like... etiquette, customs, and translation. He's a protocol droid. Fluent Man. in over six million forms of communication, including, I hope, interpretive dance. 
I just feel like I have uh, part of his like introductory um, speech in my mind is sort of like it's got beats of like I am C-3PO something something protocol droid. And I'm just trying to give our uh, our I've already forgotten apparitious apparition. apparitious intelligence. Although for the purpose of the story, he is a ghost. Yeah, I think it is perfectly reasonable for him to behave as though he's a machine. Dude, can wow, Ken and Ted befriend him? Then they get his whole story, uh, and and that's when when he finally finishes his millionth oh, contract or whatever. Yeah. They're happy to see him go. It's a long ride down. Yeah, we can probably fade out part way through this story and then fade back in just as they're about to arrive. Yeah, and then and then yes, he can say it's been a pleasure serving with you, gentlemen, but. I, I'm afraid I must go now. You've been my one millionth client, and now I'm free. And then he disappears. And they cut, they're wiping tears from their eyes. <laughs> We've lost another one. <laughs> Everybody we meet disappears. They're like hugging each other, bawling. Why does this keep happening to us? <laughs> At least we'll always have each other, you know. <laughs> they start they they start sobbing, and then that's when there's another loud ding, and the doors slide open. Yeah. Oh, I guess we're there. Compose yourself, Ted. Get yourself together, man. Compose yourself, and then that's when that's when one of them just little little tug on the hat, put on your serious face. That's kind and of then, funny. The pep talk. Then, he's like holding him by the jaws of giving. Like, oh. You forgot this, Ted. He wipes his tears away for him. <laughs> <laughs> they they the look after each other. Yeah, they're nice Midwestern boys. You've got this, soldier. Let's roll out. And and of course, Ken Ken is the mentor. Now, when they step off the elevator, does are they immediately just like stand out like sore thumbs? Or yeah, yeah I don't I know think if anybody even I don't know if anybody even notices them. What part of hell does this old fashioned elevator lead to? Presumably, one of the older parts of it. Does that's, it actually? That's what I'm thinking. Unused? Does it lead to an abandoned part of hell? Are there any parts of hell that are abandoned? That doesn't sound very efficient. The undercity interesting we've done that already when we had the undercity under the uh right the ideological city hell could have had like old town or something like that just got built over well what do you know it was an elevator to detroit <laughs> i think that is i think we've done that joke. <laughs> I, I think so too i keep i keep trying to bring it back i've never been to detroit i don't know anything about detroit that could be the joke where one of them says that and the other one leans forward and says, you've done that one, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ken. Didn't know this was a fucking new joke every week contest or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ted would be a bit salty about that, yeah. He'd be lemons. Um, Do they find much? Or maybe that's when they find something actually very scary and they're like, we got to report this back or whatever. Oh! So many lawyers. Oh. <laughs> I think I think actually the first thing they should find is more footprints. Oh, similar to the ones that. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other side. Yeah. If if this place is at least partially abandoned, then we yeah. need to give them a, a some breadcrumbs that's going to take them somewhere a bit more important. Do they lead? Oh, the footprints lead out to so where somebody's been like camping. Do they find like a little? Uh, extinguished fire and a little like, oh, disturbed a shanty town. Yeah, they find an entire little shanty town of lawyers. Oh, that's interesting. 
Is it the lawyers that haven't found their way yet, or they've like they've abandoned their? Why are they here? I. What kind of lawyer would hell have no use for? So they would just kind of be stuck on the bench, basically. If it were a sports reference, <laughs> interesting. What it's like a weird joke. What kind of lawyer does hell have no use for? It's a riddle. Yeah, it does sound like one because. Oh, is that where they actually is that part of the entrance exam? They're asked what kind of lawyer does hell have no use for, and these are the lawyers that couldn't come up with an answer. We're oh, still so thinking. All the, lawyers, they let... <laughs> all the lawyers who got in had an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What kind of lawyer does hell have no use for? Divorce I... lawyers. Nope, they're everywhere in hell. Personal injury lawyers. Ambulance chasers. Let's, they're let's everywhere in hell. List. There's actually literally ambulances. There's like uh, simulations or whatever. They have races where they have, it's like uh, people bet on lawyers instead of greyhounds following an electronic rabbit. Yeah. It's lawyers it's, running out through an ambulance. It's ambulance racers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where a whole bunch of ambulances are driving and, and the, the last lawyer to drop is the winner. <laughs> oh, they're just doing like NASCAR laps of following and running after ambulance. I like that um, a lot. Ambulance racers. Types of lawyers. Twelve types of lawyers. Bankruptcy lawyer. Business nope, lawyer. Hell's, hell's full of them. Constitutional lawyer. Um, tax uh, lawyer. Hell's full of them. Holy. IP lawyer. That I think I think of... intellectual property would still find its way into hell. Immigration. Oh, there's no immigration lawyers because there's no immigration yet. Oh interesting that opens up an interesting kind of gap in their expertise yeah this entire shanty town is made up of immigration lawyers interesting they didn't need us everybody who ends up here is supposed to be here they don't have any use for us yeah nobody you guys are the first people to end up here accidentally since those last guys (laughs) oh yeah i mean the footprints definitely go by this shanty town But I do think that the scariest thing to a a couple of former what are basically beat cops would be a pack of lawyers. So, oh, because I was imagining them kind of like wandering into their midst. But do they kind of like crouch behind some debris and watch them from afar and say, this is we got to report back. This is serious. This is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. (laughs) What have we stumped? What is this den of iniquity? (laughs) This is an opportunity for them to cite. This is even scarier than the time X, Y, Z, because now that they're working for Taint, they've seen some shit. Oh, yeah. This is worse than the time Steve dissolved into a pile of screaming goo and kept screaming. I'm sure they'd, like, they've seen all kinds of weird stuff, but a, a, a shanty town full of lawyers. Just look at them. Look at them. I'm Lawyering trying to think of how. Because, you know, like... In a scene where they would come across an encampment of like barbarians or whatever, they'd be like engaging in barbaric behavior, like just oh as yeah, you like, like they'd raping be drinking women with... and oh not nice. I was gonna say loudly slurping out of a drinking horn and spilling half of it on their beard. Those two and like like or made like cannibals or if they come across like monsters, the monsters are engaging in like horrifying behavior. Oh and yeah, there's, like, they've, they've growls. Got, like, a, there's like an arm on a spit that they're turning over a little fire that's made entirely of lit cigarettes. So would these lawyers be like pouring over documents with like growling sound effects put in over above? Oh yeah. They're, uh, 
there's they've got briefcases and they're all each one is more clacky than the last. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's yeah, documents strewn about everywhere. I'll bet you they've got like shanty huts made out of legal documents. Yeah, I was gonna say yellow pads. There's <laughs> one of them is is sleeping with his briefcase as a as a pillow, a pillow just on yeah. the ground. And of course they're gonna speak to each other in some legalese. So we get to kind of make fun of the how that's almost its own language. Do you understand a word they're saying? It's all it's all Greek to me. After a moment, I think one of them should like tilt their head back and start sniffing in Ken and Ted's direction. We gotta get out of here, Ted. They they caught us on the wind. <laughs> <laughs> like a deer. Now that is so do they get caught and stuck down there or do they beat a hasty retreat? That I'm I'm not sure about. Do oh no. I think they should be caught. And then the agents that they're looking for should rescue them. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because they came. That's that's a good. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, because they're they're still down here. So I'm and they're seasoned senior agents. So they're a lot smarter than Ken and Ted. So it it's safe to assume that they're down here, but they've evaded capture. Ken and Ted, on the other hand, get captured almost immediately. Maybe the lawyers say something and that that causes one of our our boys to just be like, no, no, now look here. Try and interject. That is pretty funny. Uh, I just don't know what an immigration lawyer would say that would cause one of them to get up and argue. Well, I mean, I can think of a hundred things, but none of them that I'd want to say. Or is it the thing where they are seeing like shadows of what the lawyers are doing on the wall that are being like casted by their fire and the shadow puppet play seems awful <laughs> and horrible. And now they, I'm having Austin like, Powers flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. Somebody <laughs> looks like they're about to be like sacrificed and that's when Ken and Ted run out show, no, don't do it. The the humanity. And then it's going to do something harmless, but now they're caught. It is true. Our boys are heroes. Each one of yeah. them has the heart, <laughs> has the heart of a true champion of humanity. So if they if they thought then that someone was about to come to harm, they would intervene regardless of their own fear. That is true. And I think them white knighting themselves immediately into capture is probably the most likely way that they would actually go about doing it. Is it funnier if they're white knighting for something they think that somebody's coming to harm? Or is it funnier if they uh, reveal themselves, they compromise their position over a tiny, so they see somebody about to commit like some doofy tiny crime but because oh. they're wholesome, they care about stupid little tiny crimes. Littering. Yeah. Now just wait. Somebody like crumples up their legal pad and tosses uh, a thing. And immediately you see like the, the veins. We do like a, you know how we've discussed the Jimmy Neutron brain blast? Of, like, oh, yeah. Going inside the brain. But we do like a Ken and Ted anger blast or whatever, where we see like the veins stand out and the, the sweat start pouring. And like they kind of, they, they go into Hulk mode. They get a bit bloodshot in the eyes. Yeah. In their in indignation, righteous indignation. Yeah, the the Ron Burgundy eye fire thing. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I I I like both of those a lot. The one that seems more likely is catching them doing a misdemeanor. You're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're no longer they're no longer allowed to actually enforce the law, but they can't that. Old habits. Oh yeah, I forgot that they're they are agents now. Yeah, but their their cop training is is too strong. They can't let it go. 
Yeah. So yeah, I like that. Somebody crumples up some notes. Is is it Ken or Ted? Um, that rushes forward. I don't know. Does it matter? A little bit, just because whichever one rushes forward is the more impulsive of the two. I can never never remember which or which. Anyways, I'm starting to panic over time and what we need to do with um Basil Bob. Well, let's not panic. <laughs> let's panic everyone be calm. But we can we can definitely have it cut away from them upon their capture. We know what we're going to do with it, so we can uh, leave it. But I, um, Ken, Ken is the more senior of the two. He's something of a mentor. Ted is his partner. So it uh, could be either one of them because Ken, Ken likes to set a good example, and he's gung-ho. He's the optimist. If, if, one, of them could, if oh. one of them was a loose cannon, though, it would be, it'd be Ted. Which means it's kind of an opportunity for them to both kind of get up and like get in each other's way. And then you have a Canadian standoff where each one of them is like, no, you go first. While all of the lawyers are staring at them. <laughs> I think it takes a moment for them to notice. But yeah, by the time they start, by the time they settle on which one gets to go first, they have all the lawyers attention, which is why it can cut back to back to uh, Ken and Ted after we show that all they have all the lawyers attention. And in fact, now they are surrounded. Oh, Oh dear. And then cut. They are they are definitely kidnapped. Oh, my nostrils are burning. One second. <sighs> they they do that sometimes. Nostrils? Yeah. Oof. I'm gonna get my eyes run. One uh, go, 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 two second. Holy shit, that felt like I was drowning. Brutal. I have survived. Very good. I'm I'm glad you're alive. That'd be an unfortunate end. Yeah, there'd be nobody left to carry this. Um. Yes. So, uh, Ken and Ted are are found. They're surrounded. Uh, they get to say something like "Oh dear," and then cut. Uh, I think oh I think we can. Yeah, in in that Wisconsin accent. And now <laughs> I think we can transition right back to I think Basilbub on the space elevator now going up, which I think is kind of appropriate after spending some time on an elevator going down. Yeah, that's a good point. He's on the elevator going up. Is he going to use his device from the elevator? Yeah, I think that I think he's going to at the highest point in the space elevator as close to heaven as possible, beam himself into whatever ghostly stream is flying forth from Earth to heaven. Is that the conversation being had on the elevator as somebody's asking? So why are we taking the elevator up? He says, well, obviously, the closer to heaven we get, the better chance we have of this working. Yeah, the less time we spend in the stream means less time, less chance to be caught. To get splinched. <laughs> Is that a word? That's another Harry Potter word. <laughs> oh, that one, one. That one must have missed me because I, I've got a collection of them like Nargles. <laughs> well, because Nargles is so close to... <laughs> um... Well, it's because it, it was Luna and she might have been the only character I still liked by the end. Yeah, that's fair. The Nargles. You got to say it in her accent. They can't see you, Harry Potter. Rack spurts. Your head's full of them. Um, splinched is when they're apparating or 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 uh, when they use a port key or whatever. And uh, somebody, it happens to Ron at the end. Everything somebody grabs the Ron, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're like teleporting and somebody like grabs you and and slightly shifts you in the process of teleporting and you come through the other end with your bones and meat all inside out. 
That's splinched. Ow. That's a horrible thing to <laughs> describe or depict in what should be a children's book. Yeah. Although I suppose by that point in the books, they were... They're teenagers' books. Young, young adults. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, yes, uh, I think there that is an opportunity for... We fade in mid-conversation. So tell me again, Master, how this works. And then... <sighs> well, and then we get a brief explanation... Is it Nefario with him in the elevator? No, no, I don't think that guy's allowed to leave the lab. Oh, that's a good point. Not since that incident in 92. Oh, it's whatever. It's the space elevator operator. <laughs> I don't know why that. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's just a spacey version of the elevator operator from the other one. Yeah. He's got a little like Pizza Planet hat on or whatever. A rocket. I think I think I think maybe we actually get to see that particular guy in the stream on his way. Oh, that's a good, I like that. Surf. So I just imagined uh, Crush from Finding Nemo. Oh yeah, I think the turtles in the current. I mean, he doesn't have to be in his grungy bellhop clothes anymore. No. So he's in a Hawaiian shirt with a surfboard oh, under he's in his, his arm. True form. <laughs> He's a he's a genie at the end of the Aladdin. He's got the goofy hat on. Oh yeah, he's 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 on vacation now, but yeah. forever. <laughs> I'm on forever vacation, boys. Yeah, he, he's he's uh, in retirement fair. Yeah. But yes, Baseball Bob explains more or less what's going to happen and uh, tells the space elevator operator <laughs> that he's going to miss him. And then when they get to the top, he hits the button and. It turns out everybody who happens to be too close to the device when it gets activated gets disintegrated. Oh, we all go together when we go. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to, for what it's worth, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> what do you mean? It's me. Fry. Boop, hits the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, because Basil Bub's an angel, so he can actually withstand being converted into energy, being deep. Derez into like molecule. His molecules are all being stripped and converted into an energy frequency or something. Yeah, but he just appears as his form. Yeah, I think uh, I think either he's got like a, a sort of wiggly tail, like he's Casper or Genie mm, yeah. for his lower half, and then his top his top half is just normal. I like that. Maybe he checks himself out for a moment. And he's like, I thought I'd be a little bit more muscular. He looks back. Hmm. Still no wings. Oh, I like that. I like that. It that like a little little mournful sting at that, and then he carries on. Yeah, files in with the rest of the lowly souls, and he kind of and, bumps, and into, hoofs, bumps into the and old his hoof guy. Slippers. <laughs> oh, he's still got one hoof slipper hanging on the end of his tail. Something like that, or yeah, the tail. It, the tail has the little spade. Oh, thing. that's so much better. <laughs> it's a little devil tail. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah, his um. <laughs> His little wispy soul tail has a spade on it. It's perfect. That's part of his his remark. Is he he's disappointed that he has no wings, but he sees the tail. He's like, that's cute. No, yeah, wig <laughs> kind of waggles it in front of himself. Uh, very cute. <laughs> or yeah, maybe he maybe he's actually unimpressed with it. He's like, ha ha, <laughs> that's funny. Getting all our jokes in, I see. <laughs> Checks and make sure he doesn't have any horns. Good. 
because the more uh, the more deformities he has, the harder it's going to be to piggyback in on somebody else. True, true. But I think I think the little tail is perfect. This guy's the devil. Yeah. So, so yes, they, he, he, they gets in, he gets swim. in the stream. Oh yeah. They're, they're actually. Uh, I think this is an opportunity to kind of joke because we've we've all seen the the sexual education video where we get to see the stream of sperm swimming. Yeah. That's what's happening now. Everybody's about to ovum. everybody's about to get a terrible sexual education. <laughs> courtesy it, of Snidefall. It's a, yeah, it pulls out of the screen. We're in a classroom. Oh, they yeah, they're watching it at home. In class. Oh, at class? That's funny. Oh, I either that or Jay is making them watch an educational video after something stupid Tucker said. Yeah, they've been saying it. They've been overly perverted and weird. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's time for sex ed. <laughs> yeah. That's You're one of her enough. hats. That's one I'm of her 31. hats. <laughs> She's got a hat for that. She's got a teacher hat. I like that. She's an old-fashioned teacher with like a bonnet. <laughs> what is a teacher hat? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Or, or um edgy professor hat of some kind but no nah, that's that's not a big Neither thing here or there yeah but yeah a, a very brief pull away tucker and todd are, are watching a stream of sperm and they're like this is an education <laughs> it's just a quick cutaway then it's back to yeah back the into the stream and that's when either before or after that is when we get to see the retired bellhop swimming along radical he's got his surfboard I don't. I don't think we should focus on him. He's just there so we can get a look at him. Is there? Hey, some, I know that guy. Is there a Pearly Gates parallel? It's kind of funny if these are sperm. If there's the pearl necklace gates, is that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Settle down, Todd. <laughs> I was watching a video the other day. Yeah, uh, I bet you were. A gangbang video, and the girl was <laughs> a pearl necklace, and I was like, "That's." A little bit on the nose, or wow, I've uh, I've I've seen a lot of gentlemen special interest literature, <laughs> and I've never once actually seen that occur. Because uh, it was a literal one. I mean, a genuine yeah. piece of jewelry. I I've never seen that either. I don't think I would have thought it one. was. I would have thought it was standard issue, but it is not. When I'm sorry, madam. In. We can't allow you in front of the camera. Head to our costume department. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the the pearly gates are rather. Yeah, I I guess we have decided that everything in heaven is kind of like a white marble with blue strip lights and some gold trim. Yeah. So pearly gates would be appropriate if there's a way to make them look sufficiently technological or digital. Somehow that it's it's like one of those barcode scanners. Now, of course, Basilbub can't allow himself to be scanned directly, so I think he's gonna like uh, actually try and piggyback on somebody else. Yeah, the entire entry system is automated, so it's not like anybody's watching it directly. Does he hide on the underside of the surfboard? I like that. That's funny. He becomes a decal on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he becomes like eighties. What do you get, like fuck van art on on? Oh like, yeah, yeah. You but know what like, I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I do. But Heavy metal like little, album art with little devil motif. Yeah, <laughs> which they frequently had, anyways. Yeah, it's uh, it's he becomes Calvin, a sexy lady. It's Calvin pissing on something, but <laughs> yeah. he's got a 
devil horns and a tail. Yeah. Yeah, I like, like that. A, a lunar eclipse in the background. Interesting. Yeah, we can, tr- pl- we can play around with that. Yeah, one of those. Were you going to tell me you had a dream? Oh, no, I was going to tell you that I had like a trapper keeper or whatever or what those were called, like a binder thing. Did it try to kid. assimilate you? No, it wasn't that. It had an image oh. of a guy on a skateboard on the end of a dock, which was falling apart, and he was fishing, and he caught a swordfish, which was... It wasn't like exactly like shooting lasers out of its eyes, but it was essentially like that. Like it was just like an extreme thing doing an extreme thing doing an extreme thing on an extreme thing. Wow. Extreme. That's the kind of art that I'm imagining. Try hard art. Calvin pissing on whatever. Yeah. So the surfboard. Yeah, I like I like I like that. He he is sneaking on by hiding on the surfboard as some kind of. And then, yeah, we get to see him. <clears throat> we get to see the old guy get scanned in approved and then he enters and then there's like a slight error you ever you ever get beeped at the airport as you walk through a metal detector and then somebody waves the wand over you and then yeah. they shrug and let you go yep that that's what's gonna happen we get the te- the moment of uh, the tense moment yeah of, just like yeah. A, a beep beep error something's detected and then it gets manually scanned and then there's nothing because he holds the he holds the surfboard out and they scan the guy's body. And I think this should be quite like a uh, an airport security um, customs kind of area because the reason that these ghosts we said are going to heaven is not to stay there but just to be processed for yeah. Um, so they're records. they're in they're just in travel. So everybody's it's no contraband snuck into heaven. But I think maybe there should be signs for and and maybe like audio announcements for like some people arriving will be staying in heaven. But for those like passing on to other destinations, please like head through Terminal C kind of thing. Go left, go right. Is anyone allowed to stay in heaven? I don't know. I I, I, I think I think they shouldn't be, which means that we get to have Basil Bub go through a sequence where he's evading detection after he leaves the surfboard. Well, because like if angels leave. I guess because I was going to say like angels come and go, but they maybe don't maybe they don't use this isn't the same. They don't use that stream, I guess. Right. No, this is um, this is specifically for ghosts. This is international. They go domestic. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This will be for the the processing of mortal souls. Angels don't have to get scanned in and out. True. But the error that was picked up was that uh, it well, it caused an error, but. I think the error code will later be uh, revealed to have been a detection of an angel. So they they have error codes. It'll be like a 404. But no, really, nobody really picks up on it. Yeah, nobody knows what the codes mean offhand. And nobody who's watching it anyways, because right. they've never seen it come up before. No angels ever come into heaven through this way. Oh, did somebody, so does somebody pick up on the code? Excuse me, sir. There was a something, something. Huh. Must be some kind of bug. Yeah, I, I'm going to. After they after they scan the guy's body with the wand, they're just like, eh, must be a, must be a bug. I'll have to I'll have to talk to my supervisor about uh, doing a diagnostic later. And then at some point, the camera can kind of hover over the screen that shows the error, and then in, in like smaller text, angel detected somewhere. Yeah, angelic presence detected. Angelic presence, angelic matter, angelic code. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that is how it works. 
Yeah, that's basically what everything is, is just code, isn't it? That's your string theory, everybody. Oh, is that where we introduce the idea of rather than the code coming up on their thing, we do some sort of transition to one of our uh, antivirus guys that we were mentioning, General McAfee or Commander Norton gets a ping on his. Um, I, I like I like detected. Commander Norton because I think then he can be Commodore Norton. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, and now it's a it's a Pirates reference. There you go. <laughs> Commodore Norton antivirus. <laughs> You've gotten bloated in your old age. Ah. Uh, bloated and slow and ineffective. So do they have are they pirate themed? Anti they have anti-piracy. I'm trying to yeah, figure They're out they're anti-piracy. Anti-pirates. We are anti-pirates. Well, they they are I'm going to assume they are like a, a heavenly law enforcement kind of thing. Are they do they do they have ships and float around and like are they decked out visually or are they more restrained? In, that is interesting. I um. And how much time are we spending with them now? Are they coming to? No, I I don't think I don't think they're gonna be arriving. I think we can transition to their screen where they're getting like a little ping or something. And then go leave, and then we're done with this plot for now. Yeah, I think the last thing we'll get to see will be Basilbub slipping down a hallway or a corridor somewhere and then like look back over his shoulder and see the guy with the surfboard going with the rest of the, the tour group as they ah, pass through heaven. He, so yeah, he's, okay, he's, like he's slipped them. He, yeah, he's he is not joining the White House tour. He's going down. He's slipping down the. Yeah, the he's going to go find the the Declaration of Independence. OK, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it uh, he enters a door that says, like, employees only or something. And as it closes behind him, we can cut the scene there. Perfect. So now Basilbub is on the loose in heaven in, in a digital format. However, he didn't manage to get in without setting off a ping. He sent off a ping. So higher authorities do know that an uh, angelic code has entered through a gate that it's not supposed to enter through. So somebody will investigate. Now, you've got a question here at the bottom, which has made me wonder if after Commander Norton, we cut away to his screen where he's got his little ping, does he then get on a web call with Queen Bay just to say we've got suspicious activity up here? Uh, Be alert did, on your Did you end. notice any angels leaving Earth? Was Were any angels scheduled to leave Earth? That kind of thing? Yeah. Because she's, um, I guess I would just call her like, the planetary governor. Yeah. But she's also a high angel. So when this guy calls her, he calls her ma'am. Did you just call me mom? I said ma'am. <laughs> Does she outrank him? Probably. She She's a specially handcrafted angel made by the god computer. Yeah. For overseeing earthly affairs. She's in charge of all... Uh, she's in charge of all the angels on Earth. I don't know if she outranks this guy so much as they're different departments but she is uh she has a greater level of prestige and responsibility she's like am they call her mom yeah she's she's mom. a she's a boss lady marm at the very least she's treated with great respect by by this heavenly host that gives her a call your grace but yes i i do like the idea that she gets tied in by somebody getting in touch with her and asking a couple of questions about whether there were any scheduled visits. 
Is this Damn. a post-credit scene after the ping, or is this immediately after the ping, and this is a cliffhanger? Uh, either cliffhanger or mid or post-credit. A because post-credit it, would probably it's, be one of the ghosts. It's, it's good to close the scene out on the employees-only door closing. Yeah, I like that. It's got a it's got a good sense of finality to it, but it's definitely possible to immediately transition from that. Oh, like if, yeah, if it actually, goes yes. black and then the yeah the screen goes black and then it stays on the black for a beat and then next thing you know that black is actually a black screen that gets immediately filled in with the incoming call and then Queen Bay answers. Yeah, and then yeah, it's a little like five inch screen with the face of commander commodore norton on it yeah there's commodore norton is he is he is he a dandy in a wig yeah (laughs) all right and and then yes he he asks if there was any scheduled visits from angels on earth today that he wasn't aware of he doesn't he's careful not to accuse her of anything because well she's she's basically the she's the favored child of the god computer now Mm mm-hmm so even even if she doesn't outrank him, she does. So he's all yes, please, yes, ma'am, and respect. And then she says no, but I will inquire immediately because this is this is alarming and bad. And then I do like the idea of a post credit scene where we get to see more of the ghosts, especially if they're like going through a little tour of a heavenly place. Yeah, we get to see some stuff before we have to get back on the bus. I was trying, yeah, I was trying to think of the, the 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 surfboard guy is like now enjoying his vacation. He's drinking a um, a pina colada out of uh, a yeah, coconut somewhere. Exa- yeah, exactly on the beach. There's a there's a ghost dragging a a a a, a, a yeti cooler <laughs> around on the beach. <laughs> pina coladas, cold margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like the idea that we get to end on a scene of just this ghost who really deserved his retirement just enjoying himself with that like Hawaiian slide guitar kind of boom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> very very different from the energy that we started with. Very much so, yeah. We go all over the map. Yeah, from desperation to relaxation. Tone? What's tone? <laughs> this guy Ran that elevator for a million people. He's earned it. Oh, and while he's sitting on the beach, they bring him his like million rider uh, YouTube plaque. <laughs> Golden plaque. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that. They uh, they pull some party poppers and like, hey, they all cheer for him. <laughs> this is Ted's retirement. Now he gets to pass on to the great beyond and then we get to radically shift the tone again and he get as he gets disintegrated into recycled soul <laughs> material <laughs> oh yeah closer now to thee yeah <laughs> <laughs> i yeah because i i briefly forgot that that's what actually happens to souls once they get where they're going yeah they don't get to stay no, they get they get fully derezzed into base material. So every um, everybody cheers. Everybody cheers. They have no idea. And he's like, ah, oh, can't wait to see you all again. <laughs> steps and steps through the door. Zap. <laughs> Somewhere we get to just see like the scream meter fill in. Somebody oh, pulls yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody pulls the, the now full canister out and puts in an empty one. Next. <laughs> the soul meter 
Yeah. We got some new juice. They throw it into like a forklift to power it. I'm trying to think of a way that like to like cheapen they they get to, their whole all uh, a multitude of souls, whole human lives get turned into energy and they get put into a battery and then that battery gets used to charge like a vape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it um it becomes like that battery and like a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something demeaning or stupid or shitty. Awful. Yeah, I yeah, that's that's the I think that's the perfect way to radically slap that relaxed, happy tone right out of everybody's hands. That drink you were about to enjoy, we just slapped it right out of your mouth. Um, yeah, and that's how it ends. Yep, that's that's the end. Uh, Tune in next time when we get to see what kind of havoc Basil Bub causes in heaven and was... what happens to Ken and Ted. Was Jay ever involved in this aspect? I don't think there's any necessity. Oh, she no. was involved with Tucker and Todd getting sex educated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did show up briefly. And later, there's nothing stopping her from putting on her deputy hat and searching for Ken and Ted. Yeah. In in something of a funny parallel to like carbon monoxide poisonings. Or is it H2S? I think it's carbon monoxide. Where it, you walk in. And then you drop dead and then somebody comes by to investigate what happened to you. And then they drop dead and then oh, somebody yeah, comes yeah. by to investigate that one. <laughs> and like six dead people later, they're like, maybe we should stop sending people in there to investigate because Ken and Ted are in there looking for somebody. And then, yeah, she can follow after them. She's probably a bit more of an effective detective than they are. I like the way I said that. Effective detective. Is yeah. That our, that's next episode's title, I think. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Certainly What's better than the defective one? detective. What's this one? Maybe we should uh, we should close out the cast before we start oh, yeah. rambling right. on about what everything's going to be called. <laughs> and then we'll do this, and then we'll do this two hours later. Yeah. Uh, this is our roadmap cast. Yeah, uh, unintended. This is premium material. Um, I mean, it's premium anyway, whether or not it's exclusive. Uh, thanks for hanging out, everyone. This was another episode of Snideful. I have been one of your hosts. They call me Todd. And sometimes they call me Tucker. And together and, we're Tucker and Todd. And it's been a delight <laughs> having you and especially you, Todd. Uh, having our audience and eating them too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'll be picking them out of my teeth all night. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Snidefall. Hosted by Tucker and Todd. Right. I'm Gigi. And I'm Craig. If you'd like, you can send an email to snidefull at gmail.com. Or search Snidefull on social media. Which ones? I don't know. Great. I know that the Instagram account is spelled different. Whose idea was that? I don't know. Classic. I'll just put a link in the description. You can do that? OMG.